So I wanted to talk about cultivating self-compassion during these times. And this is such an important thing that we really, like, it's, it's something that I've come to rely on. And I love the teachings of self-compassion. They're so powerful and so profound. So the, the, what I've noticed as we've gone through this pandemic, as, is, as many people are pointing out in all sorts of ways, is the ways in which that some of us are calling it the great magnifier, right? It's magnifying the social and economic disparity. It's showing the cracks in the systems and the larger systems that we're part of. And it's also showing us some of the cracks inside us, right? So the places where we were struggling before, it's not like they got better because of the pandemic, they probably got worse. And one of the areas is this area of um, the ways we judge ourselves. And so if you are already judging yourself before COVID-19, you're probably judging yourself a lot more now. And so that's why these practices, the teachings of self-compassion can be incredibly helpful most people I know struggle from self-criticism, self-judgment, from um, you know, self-blame. It's, it's, it's a huge issue with a majority of people. And there are, it, it comes from the media, it comes from our families, it comes from the larger culture in all sorts of ways, but it manifests in the self-judgment, I'm not good enough, I'm gonna fail, and uh, perfectionism, right? That's a big one for people. It's these days, the way I've seen it showing up is, uh, especially with parents, and I'm one, I have a 10 year old, I'm not a good enough parent. I'm terrible at homeschooling my child. And of course, we're not supposed to know how to homeschool our child. That's why we send them to schools. <laughs> but people are really getting down on themselves about that. Or the, you know, oh, I have all this time on my hands. I should be reading the classics, or I should be studying a new language, or I'm failing, I'm not good enough. And so that's, if you're seeing that behavior in yourself and those thoughts, you're not alone. You're not the only one who's having these experiences. And the good news is there's tools for working with this in a way that is really can, can support that they're already, for those of you who have a practice, they're ones that you're already familiar with. For those of you who are newer, um, there's a whole set of tools which we can use specifically to kind of hone in on this self-judgmental, self, this inner critic. That piece that I love about, um, I love to talk about is, is the way we struggle with perfectionism. I don't know if any of you feel like you've had to be perfect. So I wanted to read this little poem. If you can start the day without caffeine, if you can be cheerful always, ignoring aches and pains, if you can eat the same food every day and be grateful for it, if you can understand when loved ones are too busy to give you time, if you can take criticism and blame without resentment, if you can relax without liquor, if you can sleep without the aid of drugs, you're probably a dog. So keep in mind, we are, maybe that poem speaks for itself, right? It's, it's, we have these very high ideals for ourselves and then beat ourselves up when we don't meet those ideals. And if anybody were as mean to themselves as, if, sorry, if we were, if someone was mean to us in the way that we're mean to ourselves, it wouldn't be acceptable. But we allow ourselves to do it to ourselves. So let's talk about self-compassion. I love the formulation that comes from Chris Germer and Kristin Neff. 
and Kristen Neff is a researcher out of the University of Texas in Austin. Chris Gormer is a psychotherapist. And many of you may be familiar with the self-compassion um, formulation, which they, self-compassion is not about self-esteem. It's not about building yourself up. It's about being kind to yourself, even with your flaws, even with the parts of you that you don't like, that you, that you, even when you make mistakes, even when you mess up, even when you blow it, my, we can be compassionate and not beat ourselves up and love ourselves even with the flaws. And so in this formulation, in, in, it's three different components. The first component is mindfulness. The second component is cultivation of more kindness, using kindness practices. And the third component is the recognition of shared humanity. The fourth component is not what they offer, but it's what I like to teach, which is this recognition of our own goodness. And I'll get into the, my, my own particular twist on it as we get towards the end. So let's talk about what, um, these, how these work specifically. So mindfulness is, is used for the inner critic to work with the difficult voices, with the challenging voices. And it's also to give us a baseline for those of us who have a practice, we know that this is the place where we can explore our bodies and minds and where we can learn to find uh, more space from the difficult thoughts and emotions. So as we practice, um, as we practice working with thoughts, we can really use it as a lens to explore where self-judgment and self-criticism arises. Does it happen, you know, at the end of the day when I'm completely exhausted? Is it happening now more so because of my child and my relationship and what's been going on and we're driving each other crazy because we're living in the same house and there's no break? Like we can start to bring our mindfulness practice right into that moment and notice when the voice comes up like, oh, I just, I blew it again. I'm such a jerk. I failed at that. That was so bad. And we can deliberately say to ourselves using a mental note, like this note judging, judging, right? We can, we can, we can say judging and then turn our attention into our bodies. Like what's happening here in the moment? Oh, my heart is racing. My stomach is clenched. My jaw is, is tight. What is happening in this present moment? And oftentimes just this recognition that we're in the midst of a judgment can be quite helpful. So some of the analogies that I, um, I, I like around working with judgments are, many of you are familiar with this analogy of the train, like don't get on the train. So we have a thought, we judge ourselves, we beat ourselves up, we go into the worst case scenario. And it doesn't have to be with judgment. Of course, it could be with, um, with anything, with our worry thought, with our anxiety, with our grief, we get on the train and the train leaves the station and it goes 20 miles down the track and we're beating ourselves up and beating ourselves up. And then there is this moment of recognition where we can say, oh, I've gotten on the train and we can get off the train. It is possible to do getting off that train and another possibility is never getting on the train in the first place staying at the platform and noticing there's this thought oh gosh i failed at that again i'm a terrible parent boom going past oh there's that thought interesting judging thought once i once this covid ends i'm going to never find a, a job judging catastrophizing 
And it's like we can get off the train. Another way of thinking about it sometimes is, you know, when cartoons have balloons coming out of people's head and they're thinking. I always think of this as like taking the pin of mindfulness and pricking the balloon and letting the thoughts dissolve. Because we're moving with this awareness to a place of more non-identification, of not being so caught by these thoughts, especially these thoughts that are so pernicious, this judging thoughts. And, and we really, we have to be vigilant. So if you have a level of judging thoughts that's very, um, that's, let's say you're someone who it's, it's, it's a, it's a, common behavior in your mind so you just have to be on it well judging you can even you can label it you can you, sorry you can count it judging one judging two let's say you get up in the morning and it's you know oh no i slept through the alarm that was so stupid judging one and then oh i forgot to buy toothpaste why did i forget again judging two and if you get to judging like 67 and it's only 10 in the morning you start to see the pernicious and not personal nature of this. This is, this is the nature of these thoughts. They're conditioned. They come and go. And we can be aware of them and not get on the train. We can get off the train with them. We can pop them. We can find a way to not be so in the grip or fixated by these particular thoughts. So that's, that's the first piece that's so important around working with judgment. And I just encourage you, we have a lot of space and time these days, bring your practice right into the moment. Oh, there's a judgment. Isn't that interesting? Let's tell a really quick story. Many years ago, my friend was med meditating on a a retreat and she was having a lot of self-judgment, just a lot of self-judgment. And this, she was outside doing walking meditation and this little uh, chipmunk came nearby and she bent down to kind of look closer at him and he ran away and she thought, I'm such a terrible person, even the chipmunks hate me. And then later on, she went to talk to her teacher and he said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm having a terrible time, even the chipmunks hate me. And he said, even the chipmunks hate me, the sky is blue. And when he said those words, she got it. She got it that it was simply a thought. It wasn't something she had to take seriously or believe or get sucked into. It was just a thought, just like the sky is blue. And so for a while, she started walking around. Anytime she'd notice a judgment, she'd say, even, um, even the chipmunks hate me, the sky is blue, just to remind herself of that practice. Okay, so that's one component that we can do. And that's something really for you to take home with you. And of course, your mindfulness practice supports it because you're building up the skill of being able to be mindful of these thoughts and emotions as they arise. The second component is the component of kindness, of building up the level of kindness inside ourselves. And so for those of you who are familiar with like the loving kindness practice where you cultivate these the thoughts and emotions, may you be happy, may you be peaceful. It's a very profound practice for, in a sense, changing our baseline. Like if our baseline is being really self-judgmental, and especially now, we've got to veer towards the positive, veer towards the positive emotion, let in the positive. And so much of the research shows that the cultivation of positive emotions can impact our resiliency, can impact anxiety and depression, 
And so we've got to turn towards the kindness when we can. So for those of you who have a kindness practice, I really recommend during these times that you send it to yourself. If you're sending, it's also incredibly valuable, of course, if you've been sort of trained to send it towards others, go for it, keep doing that, don't stop. But make sure to bring some towards yourself, to, to share, to, to take that kindness, and it's not selfish, it's not in any way selfish to send kindness to ourselves. I know that I use this practice constantly when I wake up in the middle of the night and my mind is racing and first I'm trying to be with the thoughts and I'm thinking and, and I'm noticing that I'm caught and I'm really lost in the thought and then I just put my hand on my chest and I take a breath and I start to do kindness practice for myself. Kindness practice for this moment. And sometimes as I do that practice, it opens up to my awareness of all of the people who are struggling right now, maybe millions of people who are up in the middle of the night with racing, fearful thoughts. And it starts with me. It starts with me. So we can practice this. You can practice this on the spot. You can practice this deliberately for those of you who know the kindness practices. And I just want to do one right now, which would be kind of like an on the spot practice. Uh, if we're feeling negative emotions, we're feeling fearful, grief, whatever it is, or that I failed, <laughs> that I blew it again, that we're never going to get through this and so on. So let's settle back for a moment to, um, So just settle into a posture that is comfortable. We want to work with, we'll work a little bit with the more traditional kindness practice, but also with ways of doing it as we encounter self-judgment and self-criticism. So noticing what's happening in your body and mind right now. Taking some breaths. And bringing to mind someone that you love. Someone when you think of them, you get happy. Child, family member, best friend. Of course, pets work really well here. Teacher, someone you admire. And let them come to mind and have a sense of them. And just recognize what you appreciate in them, what, what's the goodness within them. Noticing how you're feeling in your body, your heart and mind. Maybe there's some spaciousness, some warmth, some openness, a smile to your lips. And then I'm gonna offer some words towards them and you could use my words or use your own. May you be safe and protected. You can really imagine them being safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. You can imagine them happy, peaceful, 
May you be healthy and strong. May you be at ease. So imagining them with vibrant health, strength, with ease. And notice what's happening in your body and mind as you invite these qualities in and send it out. And if there's a particular set of words or phrases, phrase you want to say to this person or animal, do so now. May you be safe. May you know how much I love you. May we know we'll get through this. And now turning around, imagine this loved one now turns around and sends it back to you. See if you can be on the receiving end of kindness. And they can say those same phrases or they can say other words, but we'll just keep it simple. May, may you, meaning you, be safe and protected. If you can take it in and make sure to breathe. May you be safe and protected, especially right now. May you be happy and peaceful. And we will say, may we be healthy and strong. May we be at ease. There's something you need to hear from this loved one. Just take it in, say it, take it in. Notice how we're feeling. Notice what's happening and can we continue on sending kindness to yourself? You might imagine, well, if you liked having the loved one or the, the uh, pet or person send it to you, keep going there. If you want to imagine it kind of coming through your body, pumping out of your heart, it's taking in the kindness. May I be safe and protected? May I get through this time? May I accept myself as I am. May I be at ease. And some of you are quite familiar with this practice, so you know that you can stay here for a while. You can, just a little bit is sometime enough. And I just want to encourage you. So if you're doing this at home another time, you can keep going with this. If we're going to do this on the spot, let's now bring to mind a way that you feel like you, you judge yourself for something that's happening right now. I blew it. I'm not doing this well enough. I'm not perfect here. And just, you don't have to pick the hardest thing in your life, but just something that you're not feeling so great about. 
And as you bring it to mind, notice what happened inside you. Contraction, discomfort. Bring some kindness to yourself right now in whatever way makes sense to you. Take a breath, just offering yourself kindness. As I said, I put my hand on my chest sometimes, you can or cannot. And say whatever words, you can use those phrases I mentioned or you might have something that feels really important to say right now. I'll get through this. Not alone. I'm doing the best I can. Breathing and sensing. And if the kindness is feeling present for you right now, really let it be here. And if it's not, we can say, for whatever it is here right now, may I hold this too with kindness. May I hold this too with kindness. And so let's notice our whole body present here. Feel our feet on the ground, that beautiful grounding we did earlier. Just feel the connection of your feet on the ground. Support of the earth below us. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. Or end the meditation. Thank you. So I really wanted to focus on this because this is the way this is one of the ways that we're getting that many of myself, my students and colleagues are getting through this time is just remembering this kindness. We've got to be kind. And as we, you know, the old, the old thing that everyone knows, putting on your own oxygen mask before you help others, like then we have the capacity to be with others. So what I want to shift to now, and just the reminder, just do it anytime you, anytime, anytime you feel like you're judging yourself or you're anxious or you're grieving or you're angry, take 10 seconds or 20 seconds to bring some self-compassion, some kindness. So the third component, and if someone wouldn't mind just uh, in the chat letting me know what time exactly you want me to stop, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, okay, so the third component is the component of uh, shared humanity. And shared humanity is the piece of recognizing that we're not the only one. Now, I think in some ways, the there's been, um, this has been, no, recognizing the shared humanity, this pandemic has been like that in spades, right? We're all seeing the way in which we are so profoundly connected and every single one of us is dealing with the same, uh, the same issue. Thank you for, the, for that. Um, 
so when we get into a place of self-judgment, it's often accompanied by the sense like I'm the only one who's feeling this way. It just is sort of the nature of that kind of thinking. I'm a failure and I'm the only one. I'm the worst parent and I'm the only bad parent. I was talking to one of my, one of my uh, fellow moms at our school and she said, she said, I'm the worst teacher ever. I, I can't teach. I've never been able to teach. I'm a total failure at teaching. And I said, have you been reading all of the blogs out there and everybody, everybody's failing at teaching. So, so how do we remember the shared humanity on the spot? And I'm going to do a very brief exercise just to remind us of this. And, um, and if you wouldn't mind going into gallery view, for those of you on the screen, I'm going to ask a series of questions. And normally when I do this, uh, so you can, so you're on gallery view, so you can see each other. Normally when I do this, I have people stand up, but we're not going to do that because it would be, I don't know, too much, but I'm going to ask you a question. And when I ask you the question, if it is applies to you, raise your hand. Okay. So here's the first question. Raise your hand if you've ever failed at something important to you. Okay, look around. Yeah, okay. Looks like everybody. Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever done something you regret. Looking around. Yes, it looks like everybody. Just look, it's everybody so far. Raise your hand if you've ever looked in the mirror and not liked what you saw. I think that would be everybody. <laughs> okay, we're going, we're, we're getting here. Raise your hand if you've ever compared yourself to others. Raise your hand if you ever thought others were cleverer, more talented than you are. Raise your hand. Is your hand getting tired from going up and down? Raise your hand from if you've ever been hurt by someone you love. Raise your hand if you've ever hurt someone you love. Raise your hand if you've ever thought you were alone, the only one. Yeah. So let's just keep our hand up for a minute and just look around. If, oh, I guess it's impossible. You can't do both at the same time. But look on the gallery view you have and just see that we're all in this together. We are all. Okay, you can put your hand down. But I just want you to take a moment. And just as we close our eyes for a moment, if you're comfortable doing that, just hold that image of the 20 faces on your screen and the 200 or 300 faces here that every single one of us judges ourselves. Every single one of us has failed. Every single one of us is fearful right now. Every single one of us is grieving and experiencing loss. As I say these words, just notice what's happening inside you. In some ways it can be sad, of course, but also just take, just hold the many faces and the hands and the many people listening and listening in the future. We're all in this together. We are not alone. Notice what happens as you say that and just remember that image. We've all raised our hand. You're not in this alone. 
And it's also, it's part of the healing to come together and see this shared humanity. And let's offer some compassion out to every one of us who is struggling with these issues. Wishing their challenges are alleviated. Wishing for health and strength and well-being and the easing of their suffering. So once again, noticing where you are in this moment, in this community of people, you are not alone. And next time you feel you are alone, I hope you can remember this moment. So let's open our eyes. Just remind ourselves, self-compassion, it's, it's uses mindfulness for to work with the difficult thoughts and emotions. Uh, loving kindness to build up that capacity within us to uh, be more loving and to be with ourselves in kindness in the face of whatever difficulties are arising. Recognition of our shared humanity. And the fourth is what I call recognition of our inner goodness. I'm going to get to that in a moment, but I do have a story I have to read to you that's really about how we can live with more kindness. A man observed a woman in the grocery store with a three-year-old in her basket. As they passed the cookie section, the little girl asked for cookies and her mother told her no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss and the mother said quietly, now Monica, we just have half the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset. It won't be long now. Soon they came to the candy aisle and the little girl began to shout for candy. When told she couldn't have any, she began to cry. The mother said, there, there, Monica, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. When they got to the checkout stand, the girl began to cry again. She burst into a tantrum, and she couldn't get any gum. The mother said serenely, Monica, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice nap. The man followed them out to the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Monica, he said. The mother replied, I'm Monica. My little girl's name is Tammy. Can we be as kind to ourselves as we try to be to our children, you know, to everybody else, to the world? Can we bring that? Can we practice? And it's all a practice. And I really want to stress it's all a practice. It's not like suddenly we learn about these things and we just start doing it and we're automatically better. It's, it's a process and it takes time and practice, but we can start to be more like Monica here. It does, it absolutely changes. And having worked with you know, thousands of people over the years, I've seen the levels of self-compassion grow. And as I teach during this time, I hear people again and again saying, oh, I'm so glad that I can practice with self-compassion, that I can bring this to myself in these times because I need it. And it's not selfish. There's a quote um, from the feminist theorist, um, Bell Hooks, who says, self-love is the foundation of our loving practice. Without it, other efforts to love fail. It's, and she's indicating it's not selfish. 
It's the foundation of our loving practice. Without it, our other efforts to love fail. So lastly, I just want to bring in this final component, which is the recognition that our starting point is not flawed. I think what people sort of feel like is, okay, there's something wrong with me. And if I just do enough spiritual practice or mindfulness practice or this or that, then I'm going to be okay. But from my perspective, who we are inside ourselves is, is filled with goodness. There is this tremendous fundamental well-being that is part of what it means to be human and right now in these times there is it, more than ever we need to find ways to connect with our fundamental sense of well-being and so I call it I often call it the nat our natural awareness this capacity to already be aware the awareness is within us at all times it's just it gets obscured just like the sun is obscured by the clouds, we get identified with the clouds. You know, we think that's who we are. I'm the failure. I'm the imperfect parent. I'm the terrible worker. I'm the et cetera, et cetera. Those are the clouds. Those are the clouds. It's, it's like another an analogy is, you know, there's like radio stations blaring and those radio stations are anxiety station and judgment station and hating ourselves station and fear and grief. And then there's this other radio station that is our own natural awareness that we can tune into, that we can remember. And we have tastes of this all the time when we meditate. For those of you who are meditators, you know, you have these moments of peace and connection and joy. And this is, this is, I think, this is my theory. And I, many, many great traditions agree. Like I am not making this up. It's in all of these great traditions, but this is who we, really who we are. You are not your fear. You are not your grief. You are not your anger. You are not your loneliness. You are not your anxiety. You are so much more than that. And the beauty of these practices is it gives us access to this place that we're not fundamentally flawed. We're so much more powerful than that, so much greater. So I just want to leave you with the last tiny little meditation to connect with that, and um, if we can. And so just settling back and taking a breath, feeling our bodies present here. And I just ask you to connect with what I'm saying in, in a sense. Can you remember a time where you were feeling this deep sense of being okay? A sense of ease or peace or goodness. And it could have been when you're out in nature or with your best friend, or 
in the midst of athletic or creative activity. Could have been while meditating. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It could be really simple. It could be a time in your life where there was just this sense of fully being yourself and being at ease. And so let yourself remember that so you can remember that. What did it feel like? What did it feel like? And if no time comes to you, maybe you can imagine what it would feel like. Can you remember this place and the time and the smells and the sounds? What did you feel like in your body? Let that feeling be present, open, spacious. Taking a breath, letting it in. Just ask yourself this question. What would be here right now if nothing were wrong? Noticing. And then feeling ourselves present here in the chair, wherever you are. Taking that with you out into the world. Let's open our eyes. And I would ordinarily love to hear what was there for you, but I think I have to wrap up. So um, if you want to write like a, like a two words, if anybody feels like it, and then I'll end in like one minute. All right, serene, liberating, gratitude, smiling, warmth, weightless, ease, freedom and peace, tenderness, happy, completion. Lots of beautiful words and you can read the text chat. So thank you so much everyone for your um, participation and in, in, for inviting me to do this. I loved being here with all of you. Thank you.